0: Welcome to NOW Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow NOW Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NOWChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Let's get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible Word of God. We start a brand new theme for the month, Our theme is called Giant Killers and Dragon Slayers. Please be one, okay? We're going to talk about it. Isaiah 59 says this, this is our text. So so shall they fear the name of the Lord. That's worship, be in awe of God, reverential awe. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them how's it going to do it? The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. My friends, the Bible says don't be overwhelmed by what's going on in the world because Isaiah has a word to Zion. That's the church, the modern day church. If crisis produces repentance, godly sorrow and brokenness, then the Redeemer will come to Zion and raise a new standard against the enemy. Can you say amen? I'm going to weave in David the Giant Killer. He's in the Giant Killer's Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I don't know if you know that. That was a joke. (laughs) 1 Samuel 17, verse 8 says this, Then he, Goliath, stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Let's pray one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart and let your word penetrate all of the callousness inside of us from daily life. Heal us. And help us to hear and implement your word in Jesus' name, amen. You know, our theme this month is because, I believe this, every generation has their own giants to deal with. That's, and that's not just, just uh, as a nation or as a body or as a state or as a region, but in fact, I believe every family, every individual has to make their own stand for freedom from time to time for their own family, for, them, for their own selves, one generation fought for the Nazis, fought against the Nazis, not for the Nazis. One generation fought the Nazis and destroyed the Nazi regime in Germany. Another fought for civil rights. One fought a war on drugs. One overthrew communism. And another, Islamic terrorists. I'm telling you, the devil's busy. There's never a lack of giants in the land. But what about you? What about you today? You probably don't have a neighbor named Goliath, but nobody has a perfect life without some battles. And some battles are bigger than other battles. We all have dragons that need to be slain or giants that need one stone in the middle of the forehead. I was going to say need to be stoned, but I already made that joke. Maybe it's the giant of addiction, financial lack, sickness and disease, Family strife, a bad report from the doctor, lust, anger, fear, bitterness, resentment, whatever, an ideology from hell, whatever it is, the Bible calls them strongholds. Spiritual walls or fortresses that need to come down by faith. In the time of Moses, the promised land was inhabited by giants. This month, we're going to talk a little bit about a giant killer named Caleb, who was known by God in heaven as one that was willing to be different and stand up against the flow. And obviously today we're going to talk about a man named David, the shepherd king. In 1 Samuel 17, the story of David and Goliath is true. We hear about it all over the world. They've heard of David and Goliath. In every culture, they've heard of David and Goliath because it has become bigger than life. It was a a modern day. It's not just a, a legendary tale of an underdog conquering Something bigger and something stronger. As people know it by. But it's so true. In 1 Samuel 17, the giant was so terrifying that it took two, it took four verses of scripture to describe the giant. He was almost 10 feet tall. His armor alone weighed 126 pounds. That's what he was wearing. His spear was described as being like a fence post. The tip of his spear was 15 pounds. The Bible is very specific. And this guy was mean. He wasn't your typical soldier, he was a war machine. Picture Shaquille O'Neal's body, but add three feet with a Mike Tyson attitude. He'll bite your ear off. There's a difference between a giant and your average daily issues. We all have da- average daily issues, but some problems. Some problems are demonic like imps and minions. You say minions today and the kids all laugh and think you're talking about the movie. But I'm talking about whatever your giant is, it's more like a principality. It's more like a multi-generational family curse, a tendency, something that visits one generation and then another, something that we have to warn our children about, that knocked on our parents' doors, knocked on our doors. And even in Christ, that devil will try to knock on their door. And they have to be overcome. They have to be overwhelmed. The proof is in the scripture text that I gave you a few moments ago. As Goliath comes out to challenge the soldiers of Israel, he says this in 1 Samuel seventeen nine. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. Notice the language. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. My friends, Goliath wasn't just a menace to Israel. He represented the devil's desire to have you bow down and serve him. Everything pressuring us in our day, from viruses to bigotry, to politics, the enemy wants you to succumb to the pressure and to bow down to that pressure and serve him instead of standing up in the power of Jesus' name and overcoming. And I believe God has called this church to be a giant killer church. The battle against giants occupying your promised land is always about one thing. Who will you serve? The biggest battles we face aren't just about us or the comfort of our lives. They're all about the surrender of your heart, the fight for the future, and the generations to come, your legacy. Do you want your kids and grandkids to face exactly the same family vulnerability you've had, or do you want them to be equipped? Goliath said, if if I win, you serve me and us. And that's not just about this moment. That's going to be perpetuating from generation to generation. Joshua said this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What will it take to empower you to kill the giants in your life? That's what we're gonna talk about this month. What will it take to empower you to take down those giants in your family and in your life? Two things I wanna talk about today and just two things. First, giant killers are yielded. Giant killers are yielded to godly authority. When David comes on the scene, he is sent to the battlefield, even though he's already been anointed to become the next king, in front of his father, in front of his mother, in front of his brothers. His father says to him, Look, when you're done serving King Saul, playing the harp to bring deliverance to the king. I still need you to come back and take care of my sheep. And I still need you to do something. I need you to take this bread and this cheese to your brothers at the battlefield. David became the first garlic cheese bread delivery person in history before there was one of those Domino's things to go on his mule. He was delivering cheese and bread. I mean, think about this. He could have said, Dad, don't you know who I am? Daddy, you were here. Samuel, the Billy Graham of that era, showed up at their house and said, You're going to be the next king. You're anointed. Daddy, don't you know who I am? Don't you see my calling? I don't have time to take this ooey gooey cheese bread. I'm making myself hungry said, I don't have time to take this. I, I'm, a, I'm an important guy. He was still taking care of his father's sheep and still ready to go to the battlefield, not to fight, but to bring food for his brothers. My friends, that's submission. That's, you know, think about the word submission. Submission. So, You know, some people don't like the word submit. Boy, the, the, today, if you say that in a wedding vow, Ceremony, will you submit to one another and fear of the Lord? Submit. I'm not going to be a doormat. Can I tell you submission is not being a doormat? Right. Submission is placing yourself under for the purpose of mission. That's right. That's it's simply yielding. Yeah. It's getting rid of your stubbornness. It's getting rid of your, your own pride and submitting, being willing to humble yourself in the mighty hand of God. Let him lift you up. Giant killers are yielded. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Meekness, you know, Jesus said this the meek shall inherit the earth. And we get this idea sometimes that that Jesus just kind of walked around like he was sad, folded hands, and all. We think meekness is weakness. Meekness isn't weakness. That's not a biblical definition, and it's not even a dictionary definition. The definition of the word meekness is this controlled strength, strength under discipline. Strength that's not crazy and wild and out of hand. Strength within boundaries. We live in horse country. Think about the difference between a wild stallion and a thoroughbred that can win the preakness. The difference is that a horse has to be broken. That horse has much more. Listen, we describe how our cars run by the word horsepower, right? How many horsepower do you have under the hood? How many horsepower in your truck? How many? What, what's the horsepower? We would describe that. that that's, a, that's a real thing, a real word. Well, let me tell you something. The real power of a horse is he can squash you like a bug and buck you off if he wants to. At any time, that horse could be in charge, especially the little guys they put on, those, on the, the jockeys. Are you kidding me? He's going to obey that jockey. Why? Because he's broken. He's yielded. Too many people in our community, too many people in our world right now are unbroken, untamed horses, out there just running wild, just going crazy, just running around the street. But I'm telling you what, the Bible says when you're submitted to authority, like we prayed for our president earlier, we pray for our president if he was sick. We don't care what party he's from. Submission to parents. The Bible says in the last days, dangerous times will come, perilous times will come. You know what? What it describes? People will be unthankful, unholy, unloving, disobedient to parents. So it describes in Timothy as an end time issue, rebellion. And you can look all over the world. Right now, everybody's got a platform on social media and everybody wants to use it all the time to bash anything that they want at any time by a personality and not by a conviction. Submission to spiritual leaders, submission to bosses at work, submission to governing authorities Submission to police. Submission to authority. Submission. Ooh. Shouldn't be a bad word, my friends. It's a liberating word. The Bible says God has placed people in your life to help you to live a quiet and peaceable life. Life works best when God is first. Submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he'll flee it all begins with your heart. You, in order to have authority, you've gotta be under authority. In order to have authority, you gotta be under authority. And you're only under the authority to the degree, to the degree you're really yielded to them, to the degree that you, listen, to the degree that you are willing to say something in submission to authority, even when you might disagree with that authority. Now, we're not talking about disobeying the word of God. The word of God is the highest authority. But we're talking about young person. If you're a teenager and you don't agree with your parents, welcome to teenage life. That's right. But I'm saying to you, if you'll trust God in them, I know you know their imperfections, but they know yours too. And they have been charged by God to help guide you and keep you in the right flow even when you disagree. It's not fair. Yeah, that's right. It's not always fair. But out of love, choose to listen, choose to obey, and God will bless you. God will see. And he'll work it through. The problem is we just, America's greatest strength is also our greatest weakness, independence. Independence. Submit unto God, resist the devil. Listen, from his youth, David was meek. He He was broken in the presence of God. He was given a crummy job as the youngest son of eight kids. He was given the crummy job of being a shepherd. That was what they gave to the runt of the litter. That's what they gave in the the farming families. That's the job they gave to the one that didn't look like he was gonna be able to do anything else. They sent David to the field and said, take care of daddy's sheep, boy. But you know what? David thrived out there. David found God out there. He was anointed to be the king, but he wasn't yet appointed to be the king. That's a separate issue, timing, and delegated authority. So David didn't complain. He didn't get upset. He remembered, listen, do you know how King Saul, his predecessor, lost his kingdom? Because he started building statues to himself and taking positions and liberties as a priest that he wasn't appointed to. He wasn't a priest. He started doing stuff because Samuel was late to to a gathering then he started doing Samuel's job and he stepped in and he assumed that he had a position in God that he did not have and he built a statue to himself and the Bible says that God told Saul, get down there. God told Samuel to go down and tell Saul, today, the kingdom is taken from you. You blew it. Not just a little way. Listen to this. 1 Samuel fifteen twenty three. Samuel prophesies for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion in the spirit equals witchcraft. You know, God can't tolerate that. And listen to this, here's another scary one. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Can I tell you, it is a, it is a scary thing when the Bible says that stubbornness equals bowing down to worship an idol that looks like you. You're bowing down to yourself. I'm not talking about tenacity here. Tenacity is good. Being tenacious, but that's for godly things, godly reasons. When it's all about self, when it's all about you, when it's all about your thing, stubbornness equals idolatry. Wow. That's a big deal. insecurity leads to pride and pride leads to a fall. He lost the anointing over the rebellion and the idolatry of his own heart. He made himself to be God. Who does that sound like? Lucifer, who was cast out of heaven. Elijah said in his generation, how long will you as a people stand between two opinions? If God is God, then serve him. And if he's not God, then go ahead and serve the devil and see what you get partnering with him. If God is God, then serve him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? I want to just have an invitation right here. I want to just have an invitation right here. Listen, this is a moment. There are people that are saved but not submitted. There are people, it is possible to be someone that has a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but a rebellious heart and a stubborn spirit. I want to challenge you at home or wherever you're watching today or being in this room to humble yourself in this moment. To open yourself up. What's it going to take to get you to quit serving yourself? What's it going to take to get your attention? When will you fully yield to the Lord? I'm talking about fully, I'm talking about surrender, trust, what will it take for you to quit rebelling from what you know is right and turn the keys of your life over to Jesus Christ? For real, for real. Not, not pretend, not words, not lip service, not, honey, I'm gonna do better. We've all said that. Repentance. Repentance, heard described recently, repentance is like getting off the exit ramp of the interstate, going across The bridge and getting back on the other side, going the other direction. Repentance is not just I'm sorry. Repentance is I'm willing to go the other direction in this area of my life. If you're here today, or if you're watching right now, anywhere, would you stop what you're doing and just say this out loud? Just say it. And if you believe it and you speak it, the Bible says it's going to happen. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be changed. Just say this out loud: just say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I've been so stubborn. I've been so rebellious at times, trying to run my own life with my own vision. Right now, I surrender to you and I give you my heart all the way in Jesus' name. Amen. If you meant that, then God's gonna meet you where you are. He's gonna touch your life. The second point of today is this. Giant killers are all about the big picture. From the earliest moments of David's childhood, God was preparing him for greatness. Bethlehem was a stone's throw away from a mountain held by the Jebusites, a place that would grab David's heart, possibly when he was out there running his dad's sheep, taking care of those lambs and taking care of those sheep. It's very possible that he was looking out and he could almost see that mountain in the distance run by the Jebusites. It was called Jebus. It became the focus of his lifelong vision and passion. It's possible in those pastures of Bethlehem that he saw something. Maybe in short glimpses in his heart, maybe he saw it outside in an open way. But David was stirred by the Holy Spirit to dream that one day that beautiful mountain would become a capital a place called Jerusalem or Mount Zion. The new capital of the nation of Israel, a place where King David would build the foundation of a kingdom, the city on a hill where he desired to build God a house. As he successfully defeated lions and bears to protect his lambs, the poet warrior became unafraid of giants or big obstacles to his vision. David saw his toughest challenges as training sessions not as interruptions to his life. I want to tell you, I've met many giant slayers in my life and none of them got bogged down in the small minutia of life. None of them got depressed over the small things. They were leaders with big hearts and big vision. It was King David that wrote Psalm 122, verse one through three from the message. When they said, let's go to the house of God, my heart leaped for joy. David wrote that. And now we're here, O oh, Jerusalem, inside Jerusalem's walls. Jerusalem, well-built city, built as a place for worship. You may know that scripture as I was glad when they said unto me, it's time to go to the house of the Lord. Yeah. David wasn't a perfect man. He made some major mistakes. He even had some scandals that would make TMZ salivate. But he is still called a man after God's own heart a man after God's own heart. He had a heart for God's house. My friends, we all face giants in our lives. We'll talk about it in the next few weeks. We need to quit running away every time things get tough. It's time to submit our hearts to the Lord and get our eyes on the big picture again. David's heart was always for the house of the Lord as a place from which he saw Abraham's covenant coming to pass that Israel would reach the world. It's no coincidence that today as we prepare to break ground on our new legacy building, it's no coincidence to me that it coincides with heart for the house. We were gonna try to do all these things back on May 1st at the anniversary. It just wasn't timing, but it's time today. And it's exciting today. My wife found this scripture yesterday from the Passion Translation. It just so blessed me. I said, I want to share it. Psalm 2.8 from the Passion says this, Ask me, God says, to give you the nations, and I'll do it, and they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth. My friends, you may not know the history of our church, but 30 years ago, we began with this phrase, this motto, impacting the nations. We're gonna impact the nations. And as a beginning, and <clears throat> as a fledgling church, church plants starting out, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any equipment. We didn't even have land. We didn't have a building. We were renting our old lawnmower shop down near Bellevue, three miles south of here. Our office Our first office is now Papa John's in Bellevue. We didn't have a lot going for us, but we had one promise, that from Ocala, Florida, we would impact the nations. We would touch people's lives. We would have people of every race, color, tongue, tribe in this church, that our church would look like our community. And then in that, we would find unity through our diversity that we would unite in times when the pressures of the world would come around us and we would focus on our heart for God's house. It's groundbreaking day. Where do you need answers? What giants do you need God to slay in your life? Today, we're proclaiming the God of miracles is able to do anything and he's able to meet you at your point of faith. It's about bringing an offering from what we have, to the God who is the source of everything we need, with thanksgiving, we bring our request to the living God. And as we break the ground, the legacy building is a vision we've been talking with you about for the last year and a half. Here was our promise a year and a half ago. Here's what we can do if. That's what we said. Here's what we can do if. Everybody will work together to make sacrifices to advance God's kingdom. That's all we need. If you'll sacrifice equally with everybody else, and when I say equal sacrifice, I'm not talking about equal dollar amounts. I'm talking about equal sacrifice. Something that costs you and puts a pinch in your wallet, pinch in your checking account. Maybe something that's totally out of reach for somebody else. But if you'll do what God has equipped you, enabled you, empowered you and blessed you to do. We ask you all this month, this past month, to set aside something to worship God. Yeah. On their way in, if you didn't get one of these last week, we put, we gave one of these in your hand. The ushers put one in your hand. Take a moment. We want you to fill that out. In just a moment, we're going to have you come up. Ushers, why don't you bring those baskets up for us? We want you to wear your mask if you want to wear your mask. We want you to socially distance please we're not letting down our guard here we're going to have four baskets and you can put your prayer request and your offering in the same basket at the same time for the next month we as your pastors are going to be praying over these prayer requests every day for the whole month of October we're believing that your giants are coming down Look, cancer is powerless in the presence of our God. Let's pray for our friends and family that are dealing with it. Whatever it is in your life, we believe our God. And over the years, we've been doing this once a year, Heart for the House offering. We've seen miracles. We saw people in the Great Recession that had lost their jobs get new and better jobs or training we saw people miraculously find the next season of their lives in their callings we're celebrating a promotion day Rick I'm told I can say this now is that right our own deputy sheriff Rick Palmetier has been with his family in our church for over 20 years was promoted this past week to sergeant in the Marion County Sheriff's Department. Would you give it up for Rick Pomenteer? <clears throat> Before the Great Recession, he was a small business owner. And I just say this he was making a lot more money than he has as a police officer. But through that time, God opened up his destiny, his calling, and his purpose. My friends, I don't know what promotion you need, what demons you need to bow down to the name of Jesus, what idols need to be thrown down, what addictions. I don't know what's going on in your marriage or your home or your relationships or your family, but I know that our God is able. Would you write it down? Would you sow your best seed as we worship him? Listen, for those of you, can you put that card up there for us? We have some pictures, by the way. For those of you who don't know the legacy building, we're just gonna show you real quickly. This is our fly-through. That's gonna be a 30-foot courtyard. Our contractor, Chris Armstrong, has been going to bat for us. How many of our hospitality team do we have in the room? Hospitality people, I got good news for you. The fire marshal this week met with Chris and gave the approval for our full kitchen in the new building. We've been needing that thing for 25 years. That's a miracle. We have all kinds of favor and blessing, but we're just excited about this next season. But it's only possible. God doesn't rain money from heaven. He does it and facilitates it through his people that are willing, open, and see the big picture like giant slayers do. God wants to do something great. Would you open your heart and let him do it? We're going to pray afterward. We're going to pray at the end when you, put, when you put your offering in. We're going to gather those things up and pray. Would you come up right now and just start putting those in? Pastor Lindsay, just lead us. In come alive in the name of Jesus come This is a heart to live watching us online you can participate at this moment as well too and we want you to participate if you didn't get those cards because you're watching us online part of our online campus you can go on the website nowchurch.com it's right there on that homepage. you'll see right there heart for the house you can fill out your prayer request there and submit it there because we want you to be a part of that also you can give online as well too many many of you have been given by text to give you can see all the details about giving today. Today, again, it's the uh, the dollar amount now and house. House is the key word to give for heart for the house. Okay? So you can participate with that whether you're here or whether you're online. Pastor. I got a quote for you from Mark Batterson. I love this quote. He said this. When you need God to do something. He said, don't just look for God to give an answer without stepping out in faith first. Prayer that leads to breakthrough is a sacrifice and takes an action of faith. Would you stretch your hands? Can you bring these um, prayer requests? Gary, would you gather these up? Marcel, wanna gather these up? Would you bring them up to us? Bring them right here. Here we go. These represent so many needs, so many giants that need to be slain. Would you stretch your hands toward these baskets? Father, as we bring our worship and our sacrifice to you, you said in your word that you would see our seed, that you'd multiply it, that you'd multiply our resources. Father, would you meet every need? We speak healing. We speak life. We release the miracles of God to every person in the name of Jesus. We break every evil spirit. Every principality and power has to bow to the name of our God. And we thank you for this next season of blessing and abundance. Bless every couple, every family, every marriage, every job, every business every salesperson, every person that works on commission, let there be multiplication of resources into them to confirm your word with signs and wonders. Would you give extra grace to every teenager, every young person, every child in this church? Let this virus bow to the name of Jesus. We declare that COVID has no power against our God. And we thank you, Lord, for your healing force in the generosity of your people. Father, would you cause this building to come out of the ground over these next few weeks and months that we can give you praise and be more of a praise to you in this community. Show your glory in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us at NOW Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.